BP, what's going on, dude? What's going on, brother? Welcome back. This is the uh, Tipped Out Podcast, episode 12. What do we got today, bud? Um, so today I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about obviously what you've done this summer and well, now we're working into the fall and, and what you've done with this new job at, at this teaching mm-hmm. academy. Yeah. And I kind of want to get started because I feel like as we learn more and um, your teaching philosophy will change a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know that mine has just from my own personal studies, whereas you've actually had a hands-on experience where you're working with some very uh, prestigious teachers or people that have yeah. worked with prestigious teachers. So I feel like you've probably learned quite a bit and I just kind of want to get into first off, just what the experience has been like for you and what you feel like you've learned thus far and what you're, you're taking away from the experience. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately enough, I've had the opportunity to kind of work in a couple different, um, maybe themes, you could call it themes of coaching. So like, we'll bring it right back to Delhi first, where you and I went to college. Um, so first got introduced to kind of teaching through Frank Gargano from Shot Shaver Golf. He kind of let me have his clients once he graduated. We had two or three clients from Delhi. So that was teaching individuals. And then you and I went to um, our, my next teaching position. I didn't get any instructional opportunity at the Broadmoor in Colorado. Uh, but then when we went to Pennsylvania, uh, was that yeah, that was, I guess, sophomore year too, right? That was sophomore. Yeah, so yeah. sophomore year, then we got the hands-on, and that was a private club members. So now you have a totally different – we went from, like, random Joe Schmo guys to now members that you're going to see all the time. And then now, you know, I kind of transitioned into online, and now it's finally hands-on again, but at an academy. So going from a private club uh, to a public – to now an academy. It's all different things, all different ways of teaching. So for me, the thing I like the most currently is going to be the coaching aspect. So we have roughly 18 students from all over the world. We're located in South Florida, Southeast Florida uh, at Club Med, but our academy is called Altitude Golf Academy. So there's golf, soccer, tennis, students that have played on a bunch of different tours. But these are kids from roughly ages of 12 to 21 right now so it's very different you're seeing these kids every day um and it's very structured whereas you might see joe once on the range just to band-aid his slice up and never again but these are kids we film shadow talk to every single day we got them there for school we have tournaments with them travel with them they stay right on site so you get to really know kids but it's also almost like a uh, like being a parent, it, it's weird that that's uh, that was kind of a not a news flash, but something different to me. Whereas as soon as we graduated college, literally as of this last week, we almost did with our final internship presentations coming. Um, like, man, these kids are thousands and thousands of miles away from their mom and dads, their brothers and sisters. And so as a coach, we're here as a support system as an instructor, as a drill sergeant, where we wear many hats at this academy. And uh, that's kind of the part I like, but it's also far more demanding than just being a regular teaching pro, in my opinion, just because there's so many students and it's, it's so, it's six days a week. 
And the seventh day, they get to play on their own. So six days a week, it's broken up into certain types of instruction, range, short game, situational, and then, of course, on course. So I'll let you speak, and then we'll kind of dive into probably later as to how that instruction is broken down. And then then that's where our t- teaching philosophy will kind of be touched on, definitely. Yeah, so and one thing I kind of want to add into that is, based off what I'm hearing you say, is, is when you talk about you know, the average Joe or the average, when we just start out giving lessons versus where you're at now and, and probably something you've learned, right, is you're much more obviously invested, which is good. You should be invested in the people you're teaching, but you understand more how to help someone improve kind of regardless of, of where they're at and you're more involved, I'm guessing, and you're more, you know, like taking videos because you don't always start at that level, right? like when you're first given lessons it's new it's different it's not something you you nailed down the process of really teaching someone how to improve whereas I think it's it's really important obviously and the the most effective instructors are people that have a process that they go through with someone where they can take them and and you can see the improvement and they in in their mind know the steps they have to take to make that improvement and, and have that thorough detail and really get into it like that but 100 yeah definitely to add on to that it was like it's funny that you mention it when I was teaching back at Delhi my freshman year of college um I was far more focused on what I was about to say than like what they actually needed as for a swing fix so that was I was very fortunate to like get my early reps in and kind of learn what not to say or do or kind of how to go about it. I definitely learned to kind of write down notes and structure and get a plan going. You have to be prepared, but almost the further you progress and the more you learn, like today we had, I had a new student come in today just for a week. Um, a 11 year old boy who's played on and off a little bit. Um, but you know, he's got his little sister and his mom right there. And it's, here's my son for two hours. And so it's like, you have to know what you're talking about and what, like, you have to have a plan without having a plan. I didn't know how this kid swung it. I, I barely knew he had his own clubs, no clue what his miss was going to be or really what to do. I knew break it up hour by hour, give him range and give him short game. That was my only, that was my only guideline. So today it was going in there and it was like, all right, if he hits it this way or that way or this, I got this drill, that drill, I got this fixed and ready. So you really got to learn to, you know, be on your toes and be confident in what you're going to say. So it went from me focusing on how to say something to now I have more patience and confidence in myself to like literally pause and think for a moment before I like, here, do this or do that or feel this. Now I'm far more into studying instructors instructors themselves i don't know why i emphasize the ors but uh analyzing instructors and also students so like you said it comes down to like a little bit of psychology and like how students learn some students of ours are really goal oriented so it's like yo have a have a target score for your round and other students need so much free-flowing room to like yo, you can shoot 70 or you can shoot 90 and we don't care. Then there's other students that need like, yo, if you break 80, you're getting punished. So, or if you don't break 80, you're getting punished. So that's, that's the cool part about it is you get to know your students more. 
um, see how they react on and off a golf course, find out what's going on at home, you know, in school. And then that almost plays into our instruction. You know, is he having a bad day? Does he have certain medicine? Is he, uh, what nationality or what is his culture that's going to change how he either learns or, you know, just certain students, depending on where they're from, Japan, Mexico, France, they learn different ways. They act different ways. There's certain innuendos that you have to be kind of aware of. Um, so that's what I'm learning now between the three instructors that I look up to and have been shadowing and learning from, they've worked with for and taught themselves the Hank Haney's, the Gilcrests, um, the David Ledbetters, um, Phil Ritson, all these guys have been a major staple in my bosses, my three bosses, uh, kind of learning development. So I'm learning right there. Yeah. So it's so, so cool. Um, very, very grateful for this opportunity for sure. Just in how much I'm learning, how much responsibility I have, um, both as a person and instructor, you know, you got, you got kids lives in your hands almost, you know, at times. And that's, it's a cool way to kind of, you grow up quick a little bit and it's just cool. I like having that responsibility. I've always chased something like that and it's a great stepping stone. You know, it's, uh, it's different. One instructor is very uh, Hank Haney oriented where it's ball flight and let me fix the club and the body will follow. And the other instructor, the other one or two are very biomechanics based, which you can touch on um, where it's, yo, let me move your body and the club will follow. So plenty of ways to skin a cat. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm learning all of them and to kind of tie into uh, before we deep dive into like teaching philosophy, right from the start when I kind of had no guidance and just like, I think both of us kind of were self-taught in golf and we're kind of self-taught in teaching up to this point where it's been like, yo, let me, let me say this or try that and see what works, what doesn't. Uh, you know, I've just kind of looked up my own drills and now I actually have a program. We have a, we have a teaching manual. So that's been much easier to go off of, you know, you stick to the program everybody's on the same page and that way you don't have students trying to go in every which group because each student's getting taught in the same style now they're not learning the same things but they're learning the same style so like on a range day with my four students I have I may be working mobility or I may be working stability or maybe even shot shaping so I'll have all the kids have stations or, and then at the end, they'll go through their personal drill card. So each, each kid will have three, um, two to three topics for that month that and then on the back of that card, they're going to have a motion and a generic drill. So the generic drill is done just with body, no golf balls being hit. And then the motion is almost sometimes the same drill just with a golf ball. So now when they can go through those drill cards, they learn to understand what fixes they're making and why. And then as I have to do later on this afternoon or this evening, I have to uh, write up some more monthly reports. So every month, maybe two, almost even a semester, depending on how fast they're uh, progressing, each student has certain goals that are individual, but practice can be generic or general, if that makes sense. So they can dive deep into their own individualistic training but <clears throat> throughout the day the first hour or two of that range session there is going to be a pretty generic thing that us coaches will grab from our notes 
from the course days. So Thursday to Saturday, we'll be on the course, and that's when we're kind of just watching. But there'll always there'll always be a little game, either a match or play from the red tees or work on shots from the woods. All these little things. That's where us as coaches we gotta jot down notes, and then all right, next week. I noticed you guys were coming up short on every club. So now we're going to go through our decade um, club selection system and then do a little bit of course management and then tie that into the range session and then the short game. So it's uh, very individualistic and that's kind of how I taught myself early on that I didn't want it to be a model swing. I didn't want kids to snack until I didn't want it to be the A swing. I just thought, yo, every person is different. So they're probably going to swing the golf club different. We're different heights, different weights. Um, we play different sports. We have different inabilities and uh, lack of mobility in certain areas. So for me, my philosophy is very individualistic. It's player by player. It's how they perceive words. It's how they like to be taught. Uh, you know, it's how they learn in school. It can tie into all those things. So once again, tying it back to the academy, it definitely helps. The more you get to see the kids, the more specific and very like effective the plan can be. But how about how about you? What do you think about your philosophy and like how have you been kind of training at Partridge Run? Um, so <clears throat> I think um, there's I don't think as you've touched on like diving into philosophy for me I, I try I'm I don't think my philosophy or anyone's philosophy necessarily has to be that complicated um but definitely one thing that I have um learned and this is more just from individual research and just kind of understanding what my preferences are and and what I think the most effective way for anybody to to um kind of learn and, and act uh, athletically or uh, tie that into their golf swing would be through biomechanics and um and that would just be the way that your body uh, naturally wants to work and i've learned a lot from um mike adams and terry rolls i actually am in a little seminar thing they did over quarantine um, over covid and i've been trying to learn as much as i can and, and soak up as much of that information as possible um but definitely the coolest thing I think about that is they're, they're totally focused on understanding how the body works and understanding uh, how people match up in what ways, because one thing that works for somebody doesn't necessarily work for another person. And if you can figure that out, it's less understanding. It's not as much understanding of golf as it is just understanding how the body works. Um, and just one example I'd like to give would be because I remember learning about the X factor or how everyone was talking about the X factor of restricting the hips on the takeaway, which for some people, that's good. And then other people, if you were to look at a Bubba Watson swing or a Phil Mickelson swing, their hips aren't being restricted at all on the way back, right? They're coming all the way back. They're, they're uh, lead heels coming off the ground. Um, so I think being able to understand that and, and understand what information is good for you and what information is bad for you is really important um, just to be a better player and then also to be able to teach other people because if you tell the, the, uh, the wrong person the wrong mm -hmm. thing and try to get them working a certain way that their body doesn't really naturally want to work, you could probably 
ruin someone's uh, golf game pretty quick. So yeah. I think uh, really something that I've, I've begun to believe is just that um, to be an effective teacher you, and, and effective across all people, as opposed to just being maybe niche and being successful with some people and not successful with other people is, is to really, you know, start to understand the biomechanics of it. And you have to kind of understand the, uh, the, the matchups that the body wants to someone's natural movements. Um, and that's that now, uh, it's definitely not something that I could go right away at and just start, you know, telling everybody the right thing, but it's, it's a patient learning cycle. It feels like, and, and I think it's really cool that people are doing that research and it's kind of more like you're a, you're a scientist as well as yeah. a, an instructor, but, mm-hmm. um, I, and, and people perform best in those natural, natural movement situations. And uh, yeah, so that, that's awesome, dude. Like that, that makes so much sense. And that's, that's another takeaway that I've gained from shadowing these great instructors that I'm working for is, 99% of the issues that I see with our students, it goes back to setup. So if we're not in the proper alignment, grip, or posture setup, it's, it's not really going to produce a good result. We can get away with a lot, especially if you're someone, think about someone that uh, plays a ton of golf, maybe just your regular 20 handicap at your local club. They probably most of them have pretty janky swings, pretty homemade swings, but they play so much that they learn to play with it. So the difference between going from that and diving into a junior swing. Now the junior is not going to have as many flaws or faults that are that ingrained. So we can move them around. And that's another thing, man. It's hands-on. Like it's one thing to say it, but there's, people learn in all different ways. So going into the biomechanics for instructional purposes, you may not be on the range just talking right away with why we're doing it. But as an instructor, you have to know that. So that's another thing like that we talked about in definitely a bunch of our PGM classes was we have to know the statistics, the in-depth whys, but also how to get that across in the simplest form. If you've never picked up exactly. a golf ball, how do I teach you how to hit a golf ball efficiently? And that's been through the systems that I've been learning. It's, we simplify it to six steps of the golf swing. Now, right before we, we jumped into the podcast, we were talking about kind of getting away from the steps of the swing. So I would agree with that. So when we have our, uh, our sectioned or our scheduled range practice, that's when we are definitely working on a lot of technique. It's six positions of the swing, step one, two, three. We're working those things, we're checking it in the mirror, and that would be like our generic. Now, as we get closer to tournament weekends or uh, even Thursday, Friday, Saturday, when we're out on the course, the biggest thing is, is we're trying to turn technique into a feeling. So no longer do we want our kids with the club on their hip going through the positions, it's okay what is that position? And now how can you feel that? So then when we're back in our routine, we're set up behind the ball, we're picking our intermediate target, getting ready to line up. We've grooved so much of the literal step in drill. So you have a T station, you have an alignment rod here, an alignment rod here. Of course, the ball's here. Now your feet perpendicular to that. Um, 
So that's how we walk into a shot. We're getting our posture and our alignment. I want them to walk in and do that step in drill so many times that when, when, when they get to the course, they're going to feel if they're aligned properly or not. Big thing is so, so many golfers are aligned improperly, whether it's shoulders, hips, or feet. And now the club is going to be fighting to get back online or start that ball online. So if you're very closed in your stance, your trail foot is very far back, and then your hips are actually square, you're going to be fighting. You're almost double crossing yourself before you even swing. So now when you swing and your, your body's very shut, this lead side is going to be in the way. So you're going to come over the top and pull the ball online. Now, if that club face is shut, you're probably going to chicken wing and pull up out of it, lose your posture and try and get that ball straight. So as soon as we bring that foot from being way too far back, we square it up. Now you're going to have more room for your arms to swing through and the, mov the movement will feel much more free. So diving into grip, aim and posture, I think that's a pretty basic kind of rule or uh, rule of thumb for instruction. But I feel like sometimes we overcomplicate it and we're like, oh, he's just over the top. Let's, let's get you, let's get you hitting under this pool noodle or, you know, get you shallowing the club. There's certain little buzzwords in the game of golf that people have picked up and kind of over analyzed or over fantasized about. And that's just because watching the golf channel, watching golf digest, reading a magazine, all these golf books. And it, it definitely ties back into what you were saying. And like, if you're giving a lesson and I'm on the range behind you listening and I'm just hitting balls and I, I think I'm over the top too, but I really don't know. And you're teaching someone to shallow it out. I'm probably going to try the things you're telling that client, but who knows if I'm really over the top or not, if that's a fix for me. So I'm going to be working on the wrong things going in the wrong direction for a very long time. So that's why it's so crucial to get with an instructor, a PGA pro, someone that really knows what they're talking about just to get you on the right path. Even if you have to talk to one or you want to do online instruction, something to kind of get you started in the right area and kind of toss your ideas at them just to see, you know, if your thought process is correct. Because like you stated, man, not everything is going to be for you as a golfer. We have to do that as instructors. We have to see which drills are for which student, which way of saying something is going to be taken the right or wrong way by that student. And then as the student, we have to be confident enough in our current instructor or maybe just ourselves in our research of the game to do the right thing. So not to get too off topic, but when we talked about in our maybe the 10th podcast about Bill Nelson, um, a, a great mental coach that came to our academy for the students, he talked about doing things and I believe you had to do them for I want to say 90 days. Don't quote me on that. I think you have to do something, a habit for 90 days for it to be fully ingrained. So think about the last time you tried to fix your swing. Did you work on that one topic for 90 days, at least before you pivoted and went in a different direction? Probably not. Yeah. You probably don't yeah. go more than five swings before topping the ball or shanking it and be like, Oh, I don't want to miss hit it in front of people on the range where we should be miss hitting balls and trying mm -hmm. new things. But yeah. instead we will sacrifice our score just to go out on the course, you know, in the comfort of our own round and shank it out there. Whereas work on the shots you don't normally hit on the range or just during a regular round, drop an extra ball and hit that shot. But when it really counts, do what is most consistent 
and most comfortable and just easiest. You know, putt when you exactly. can putt, chip when you can't putt, pitch when you can't chip, lob when you can't uh, pitch, and then flop when you can't flop. So sure. just going through that is is so crucial, man. Like so many people overlook course management and actually like the mental game, not to dive back into a full mental game podcast, but do you, do you work on meditation or do you play a full round of golf in your mind before you fall asleep before the tournament the next day? Do you know the course? Like there's so many things we can do outside of actually working on our swing to help lower scores, but yet people want to take the easiest route and they think that's just fixing their slice. Now check your grip, check your aim and check your posture and then, and then try that plane drill, you know? So there's an order of operation and that, that definitely gets put on the coach a lot, which it should. That's, that's our job. Uh, but if you don't want to go get professional help, you know, watch this podcast, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I want to touch in on real quick is, is when you talked about do what is most comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like my goal, if I was to help someone and try to improve it and just try to improve myself would be to make someone feel more comfortable in their swing. So if you're trying to work on something in your golf swing and it feels terribly uncomfortable, it's probably not the right move for you. That's probably not the way your body's naturally meant to move. So um, one thing that I, I, would want to harp on it and and help anyone with is and and the student doesn't necessarily have to understand this but as an instructor again understanding to screen people and learn about their body a little bit so there there's motions you make whether it be your arm and how your arm naturally wants to swing that if if your arm wants to do this and some people think that's a chicken wing that's okay because you're built to do that instead of if someone's trying to get your arm to do this and, and rotate that's internal rotation i believe a lot of the shoulder yep. right is that internal um well, ex- external yeah external rotation of the shoulder right there yep. and you are more comfortable with it like moving like this then that's yep. how you should move your shoulder so um it's it's more of understanding how someone's body wants to move and create their speed naturally and consistently because yep. if you're comfortable you're going to be more consistent than trying to rehearse this position and then never being comfortable and trying to do it, trying to do it. And then you're just fighting your own natural build of your body. So um, I think that's something that's really important. hundred percent. And there's such a fine line with that because it, it makes so much sense and you can take it in almost in two directions. So when you said you want to do something that's very comfortable now, there's a difference between like comfort and correct, I think. So like you said, if you know, you're, you, you can't move, you know, a good screening thing like you talked about is of course, this is our internal rotation, but if you don't have a good amount of external rotation, there's probably not a lot of people out there. Go ahead. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see us doing this, go ahead and try and externally rotate your shoulder, keep it right in, right in frame with your body and see how far you can bring that shoulder back. Now, you're going to have to have some external rotation to get that club laid off at the top or to be shallowing out eventually. So comfortable. Now, if you're a seven year old man who's just very hunched and you've never had external rotation, that may be very uncomfortable. Now it doesn't mean it's incorrect, but in the same way, if you're doing a drill and it's difficult, I like most of the time that's going to be the right drill for you. But 
that's when it comes to drills and kind of instruction. But what you were talking about is like comfortability in the sense that if you feel very awkward and weird, there's going to be a different, there's going to be all different times when that could be like a good thing. So if your grip is trash and then we fix it, but it feels weird. Yeah. It's going to feel weird. It's different. Anything that's different is going to feel weird. Anything that's different or unknown to your body, most of the time you're going to reject it until you understand the roots of it. So between comfortability and correct fine line between understanding like a difficult drill is going to be difficult. That's where we kind of have to like really do a good job as a coach or an instructor to kind of see how the student is taking it. Now, if I give you a drill and you just start topping the ball, but you have the expert opinion to say, Hey, don't, don't, let's not worry about ball flight. This is all about the body motion. If your body is working incorrectly and now I get you to work it correctly, but you're not striking the ball better right now, that's fine. So it depends on which instructor you talk to. There's going to be a lot of instructors out there that are far too naive and they'll say, Nope, I, they, they better be hitting it better every time we work on something. Now, in the little instruction I've done thus far in my life, I can tell you that I feel like I can fix anyone's swing depending on how involved they are and how much time they're going to give me. I'll, I'll put 110% every single day for any student that's willing to give that back. But you have to be able to put in the work outside of what you're doing with that instructor. So if you can only practice, and by practice, I mean if you can only get on the course for nine holes once a week, and your expectation is to go from 100, making 100 strokes to now, you know, shooting par, you probably got another thing coming. But if your goals are very realistic, you work with an instructor, and then you find out, like, what is the goal for each drill, each round, each motion, because you're definitely not going to hit the ball better each time you do a drill. There's going to be a lot of times, man, where it's like it feels tough and it almost feels like you're going in the wrong direction. And that's where it was so crucial to have teammates like you that we can kind of, yo, can you check my swing real quick? Or just, you know, kind of give feedback. And that's where a pro comes in where I can say, hey, like, this isn't about ball flight. I don't need you to be hitting high towering draws when we're working on just getting the body in a better position. So I definitely like what you said there. Try and work on what's comfortable. And when you feel that it's, it's right, especially going back to like your feet being way off, you know, if you're very close stance, anytime I square a student's lower body up, they're like, wow, it felt effortless. Well, yeah, because now, now your body and your mind are working together. That's the biggest thing when it comes to alignment. A lot of, a lot of issues are fixed with alignment. So say I want to hit the ball straight to this flag, 150, there's water all in front. Now, if I put a ton of emphasis and focus on the water, don't go in the water, don't go in the water. Our brain can't comprehend the don'ts or the nots. It just hears water and it just focuses on our last thought. So going all the way back to that, focusing on like our stance. If I got a very closed stance, now that means I'm aimed way to the right and I'm trying to hit a straight shot. My mind knows straight shot, straight shot. My body knows I'm in aligned improperly. So it's gonna do everything it can to try and hit that straight shot. So when body and mind don't work together, it creates a very, a very tough whirlwind of golf shots. It's, it's a thin, sure. it's a good shot. And then as soon as you hit that good one, that's the one that keeps you coming back. But 
We really got I have a lovely video on my TikTok and Instagram talking about that. If anyone wants to check it out. Um, so, and what I want to touch on quick is that kind of what I was explaining before. Like, if you were to look at a swing face on a DJ and you looked at where his elbow was working through the golf ball, he's going to be more in here. And his elbow's going to be working in front of his body like that. And if you watch Jim Furyk, Jim Furyk's going to be back there. Okay, so you can definitely see uh, a difference in how their 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 arm works through the golf ball. Now, it's probably in the grand scheme of things a huge difference, right? I mean, obviously you can't come through like this, right? But yep. the idea is there that that just because Dustin Johnson's doing it and he just won a major, mm-hmm. and when they talk about a swing and things you could try to do to to hit it further, like DJ that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for you. Don't, don't go out here and start trying to do this if it's – so that's where you need um, professional help. It really is, man, because think about it. Everything we know in this era is about media. And, I mean, think about it. You and I cover hot topics when it comes to social media posts. That's just what you do. That's called trending. That's popular. That's, you know, the top video, top post, top sound you're using. So just like you said, when Dustin Johnson wins that tournament, they're probably going to put out a couple articles on him or a couple things in Golf Digest or Golf Now, all these different places. But, dude, he is – like, they're impeccable, impeccable, impeccable athletes. Like, it's crazy, dude. He His wrist positions, like, very unnatural. Very, very, very incredible amounts of time working on that power flexibility so before all else before we even touch on anything else dude if you're trying to hit it farther get in the gym do some yoga like don't just get out on the range and whack balls like that ain't gonna help dude it's not gonna so find out what your goal is specifically whether it's for that round for that month for that year for that swing have a goal and then find out what's the best way to get there and then work on that for an extended period of time. But it's so, so crucial, man. There's so many different little positions and you could be so close to hitting it very, very good. And it, all it could be is a tweak of a knuckle. All it could be is where the club sets. All it could be is where that, where your body is aimed. So before all else, check grip, aim, posture, get some professional help and be, be confident in yourself and in your game as a player or as a coach in terms of what's going to be right for you or your student. There's going to be a lot of different ways to go about it, a lot of ways to skin that cat, swing that club. So, you know, have a little bit a little bit of conviction in your game and just swing it. Swing it how you swing it, man. Let it yeah. I think that's another big thing. This is one other thing I want to touch on, which um... – I think is pretty cool. And for me, it really validates the things that I'm learning and yeah. this uh, ultimate golf lesson on a package I've got from uh, Mike Adams and Terry Rolls, but they have pointed out on multiple occasions, times where um, golfers, Luke Donald would be one, for instance, remember when he was number one in the world, I don't remember what year it was, but he was really good for a time. Mm-hmm. Then he started trying to make swing changes because he thought he could be even better. Yep. And where's Luke Donald now? So no. it's very interesting to hear them to talk to hear them talk about it and say, well, 
the way he was swinging, that's the way his body, based off of our screens, is naturally matched up to swing. Now he's tweaked a couple things, changed maybe the way he, he uses his lower body, and he's, he's getting more into his right side, thinking it's going to help him distance-wise. And actually, and that was just for example, I can't remember exactly what the reason was they presented, but, and actually it, it hasn't helped him at all. It's totally thrown his, his swing kind of off the rails. So there's definitely a power to honing in, in your swing and, and finding that comfort zone. Now, just because like Brandon said, it's comfortable doesn't necessarily mean it's right to you because sometimes comfort is just from doing things a lot one way, but that way could not be right for you. But anyway, a lot of those guys on the professional level, the reason they're there is because their swings pretty well matched up. So they might not need to do as much uh, swing changing as they need to do of honing in their, their game. But uh, I think that's a pretty cool way to validate kind of what these guys have studied and and their research and and how powerful that appears to be in improving Mm -hmm. golf swings and their understanding of the golf swing. 100%. 100%. Definitely, definitely to kind of touch off of that, um, just for our mental note, I would definitely, I think we talked about it, but I definitely want to bring in some stats based on like PGA Tour and then the average golfer and see like how that differs, but just kind of to give us a, a fresh perspective, but also a little, a little bit of reassurance, man. Like, think about that. Luke Donald, number one in the world, whatever time period that was, probably in the 1800s. Um, <laughs> that number one golfer athlete player in the world still wanted to make changes and still thought that that was necessary. So like, that's just take that as you may, man. Like we're out here trying to do what we're doing and like, they're still trying to make changes. He's the number one golfer in the world. Everybody on that tour chasing him. And he still didn't feel like he was good enough or made that change. Now, dude, you're number one in the world. Like, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I assume hindsight, it's easier to look back and say, damn, I should have just kept doing this rather than change it or whatnot. But as an athlete, as a person, as individuals, we almost want to always think the grass is always greener on the other side and to keep improving. Now, you don't have to always be satisfied, but like, sometimes give yourself a pat on the back after a good round or, you know, even if it's just getting the ball in the air, everyone has their own agenda. And I would say follow that with a hundred percent conviction and uh, like confidence. Like there's just no other way to really go about it. Like everybody has a certain goal. Everybody has different time frames for practice, for play. Like the biggest thing we still are, speaking for myself, the biggest thing I struggle with still is like, like we've talked about, I mean, finding time to practice, but now it's like, okay, well, I teach six days a week. I I'm trying, I'm filming content either in the morning or right after work. And on that seventh day, I either take a break or I play on golf. seventh day. He goes again. Exactly. Low key. Doors rise again. Um, yeah, exactly, man. Everyone's, everyone's got to have a goal and just to stick to it. Like it's a very tough game. This is very tough. I think that's kind of what I was going at with the Luke Donald thing is it's so tough that when you're number one in the world, you're still thinking about improving. So 
just kind of put that in perspective. And next time you go out and play, have a goal, like whether it's have fun or fairway and greens, like it's just going to kind of narrow in. Like Tiger used to always like to do uh, no bogeys. Like if you just fight as hard as you can for no bogeys, I assume you're going to make a couple birdies, probably a lot of parts. Even if you make bogeys, it doesn't mean the round's over. Just a, what a broad topic. But once again, what a broad sport we have, you know, so many ways to swing it, coaches, so many philosophies, so many, so many ways to do it. I think with all the things we have, we've seen with Bryson, uh, with him going to long drive now with, we've seen tall guys win. We've seen short guys, heavy guys. We've seen guys that practice a ton, don't practice that drink, you know, like, there's a lot of ways to get it done out there, man. Just come down go, to man. We spoke. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to say here, maybe it might be our little ending note. Hmm. No matter what, and I feel I, I would say this with a lot of belief. You don't have to listen, but please do. Don't fall in love with positions. And when you're on the golf course, don't try to put the club in positions or your body in certain positions. Yep. Just go out focus on your target and go from there and swing and just trust it. That can be hard, but it's something that if you spend time actually doing um, and focusing on, you'll be able to pull it off. Um, and I just believe that that ties into the whole aspect of, okay, there's the side of golf where you're trying to understand the swing and get all super technical. And then there's the side of golf, which is the sport where you have to go out and you have to play and you have to perform. Don't get confused in thinking that you can, think about having a perfect swing and putting forcing yourself into these spots and making it happen on the course, because that's not going to happen. So for best results, please, please, please have fun, go out, find a target, trust yourself and just swing. hundred percent, bro. I would, I would, I couldn't agree more with that. And to dive into that tiny, tiny bit deeper, I'll give a little tidbit and then kind of give a breakdown. You kind of did a great job there, but give a little breakdown as to actually how to do that. So I'd say the first things first is in order to decipher between technical and game-like situation, you're going to have to practice both. So the game-like situation is going to be, maybe you have a ton of time or you have some time after work and you just go out in the course, you play two balls, uh, you know, you hit a couple extra shots from the woods or excuse me, from a, from a bad lie. But then when you get on the range, that's the time where, yes, work on those positions and feel where that club's got to be. Now you got to gotta ingrain the closer you get to playing, or maybe it's your warm-up for a round. Yeah, feel those positions on a couple swings, but now you have to figure out a way to turn those positions, turn that technique into a feeling. So instead of going one, two, three, now it's like, all right, track your club in that position and watch. Like, I know watching pro golf can be very boring unless you're someone like us who I used to think it was boring as hell, but now I really, I'm studying what the players do, how they interact, uh, you know, how they react to certain shots. So watch them in their pre-shot routine. So, so crucial. They're behind the ball. They're watching the club move. All right. I feel this. Okay. Now. Okay. Oh, okay. I want to hit a draw. I'm going to let my hands, I'm going to turn that lead hand down, turn those knuckles down. They don't just walk up to their ball and like, okay, I want to hit a draw and just hit one. So many people don't have like a clear thought of what they want to do. 
because they might not know how to do it. So do your research, get on the range, get through those positions, and then turn it into a field. So now that we know you're going to have to do some work on the range, some homework at home, go on YouTube, dive into that topic. If you have any questions, reach out to one of us on Instagram. We're happy, very, very happy to give you guys some insight. But now, Danny, talk me through a little bit, like maybe your pre-shot routine or how to get away from those positions. Because I know 100% there's been times you and I have been on the course and we've been like either watching the club head or being so caught up on like getting to a certain backswing position that we're not even like, we're not even worried about the ball. So touch on that a little bit, if you could, how to go through turning the technique into a feel while on the course and just kind of playing out in front of you. Yeah, totally. I think that um, being able to do, do that and clear your mind and, and focus on the correct things is a result of being prepared effectively. Um, so if, if you aren't, aren't practice, like there is no point in you playing. If you're a guy who plays in a league every night, there's really no point in you watching a YouTube video on, on some, some swing technique or some part of the swing and trying to just throw that into your swing out on the course. Cause maybe it feels like it works for one night and maybe another night it doesn't. So, I mean, if you really want to improve, it's like anything you've got to practice. Um, and, and those practice hours are really important for actually understanding and training your body, maybe to start making some different movements than you've already made, but you're going to have no effect. If you try to just go out, play nine holes twice a week and, and change your swing, that's just not going to happen. So the process I would say is, is understand that you need to practice, um, to these, um, drills that one thing I really like about some of the drills that you've showed me, Brandon, uh, are they're, they're less, the, the, they're your motion drills. So the, the drills you'd be putting on golf balls, so like the feet cross drills where, you know, make, just making those motions is always naturally going to help someone's club path, depending on which foot you cross change. So I would like to, you know, have people that I teach do those motions, um, while they practice and hopefully over time, if they do them consistently will effectively result in altering their path towards more center, more where you'd want it to be. Um, and then when you take that out onto the golf course, you spent your time, you've prepared, you're ready to play and, and your swing might be in a better place. Hopefully it is. Right. So then when you go out and play, you can just play. Right. So there's no, I mean, there's no band-aid for it. If you really want to be better, you've got to put in the time and and then it will show when you're out there on the course playing. Um, and then you can just go through that pre-shot routine. But hundred percent, man. When we when we like just to touch on the grip, aim, and posture, it, I think if you talk to a higher handicap golfer, they say, I have so many thoughts going through my head before I hit that golf ball. And I think it truly comes down to the fact that their basic fundamentals are always changing. If you have a consistent grip, aim, and posture, like, dude, of course that pops into our head probably a good amount of the time. If we're really not in the range working on our alignment, most of the time it's just my alignment that throws my whole game off, and then I think I'm playing bad, and then it kind of just triples into everything. Then you start trying to make adjustments in your swing that you don't need to be making. Yep. So the more you practice those grip, aim, posture drills and make those a constant, now, like, think about stepping over the ball and not having to think about your grip, aim, or posture. Now it's like, okay, 
Now I just got to get the club to here. But now we're going beyond that. It's playing in front of you. So the way to do that is, like Danny said, put your time in away from the actual course. Put it on at home. You know, groove your swings at home in your bedroom. Roll putts on the carpet. Do some mental reading, like read into golf books, all that kind of stuff if you have the time, if you're a true student of the game. Now when we get out there, we have to have a very open mind in terms of this is going to be a challenge. Far too often, I think people think there should, they should play golf in a perfect manner. I'm pretty sure it was Ben Hogan who said he hits like four golf shots around exactly how he wanted. One of the greatest of all time, not hitting shots how he wants. Like, think about it, people. Like, be realistic. It's a challenge. Hit it and go get it. If it goes in the woods, now you just have a better opportunity to, like, hit the next shot. It doesn't have to be a hero shot. Punch out hit up to the green, make your par. I think far too often people just get in their own way and they complicate the game in their head. Fairway green, easier said than done, but just go through your pre-shot routine. Have your intermediate target, pick a four to six inches in front of the golf ball, something that's going to be in line with your target out in the distance. Now your target in the distance should be in line. Say we just want to hit a straight shot. A lot of times we're going to want to fade, draw the ball. That's more advanced. Or if we're just trying to hit a shot to our target, don't just pick the flag because now you're going to be almost nearsighted. Your brain is only going to want to hit it that far. Far too often, high amateur or high handicap golfers under club or they, they know their yardages. Oh, I hit my nine, 145 yards. Okay, well, is that one out of 10 that you hit perfectly? So you might hit your nine, 135. Okay, well, now did you factor wind, uh, the lie, you know, did you factor in what golf ball you're playing? That noodle, that soft noodle, dude, probably ain't the same as a high-end Pro-V. So all these little factors that go into it, uh, the lower handicap you are, the more skilled you get, the more those factors matter. But for the time being, pick a target that's in line with, let's say, the flag, as high and as far in the distance as you can. Now think, hit it far. Don't try and hit it far. Think, hit it far. Now, what that's going to do is going to take a little bit of tension out of your body, and you're just going to be able to swing freely. Everyone tries to hit it too hard. The swing shortens. The transition is way too fast, and the arms either get stuck on the side of their body or they tip out. Dude, we got to make a full turn. The arms got to go in front first, and now speed. Everyone pulls speed from here. It's club into the ground or club over top. Make a full turn. Let your elbows get in front of you and then speed through. So that's just a tiny, tiny tidbit, man. It's like, get your target. Okay, now you got your target. Get your alignment. Now step behind the ball before you go. And if you want to hit a draw, set up with your feet a little closed, your shoulders closed, the club face to the target. Now feel the motion in and out. Okay, I want to swing in and out. Let that club face close. Feel that. Don't just get up over a shot, set up in a slice stance, Say, I'm going to hit a draw by a miracle. That's not how it works. Like, watch the pros. Watch them deliberately go through their feeling and be committed to the shot. If you're not committed to the shot, don't step into it. You know, there's, there's so many ways to do it. But 100%, it's like, be open and ready for the challenge. And the challenge is just a round of golf, man. Like, you're going to hit bad shots. You're going to get bad lies. You're going to get the kicks off the tree. What? Fix a couple extra ball marks, throw a branch off the cart path, 
that ball might hit off the tree and kick in play next time. You know, just have a good time out there, man. It's a game. It's very, very hard when we're in that situation to kind of take a breath and step back and realize that, you know, we've all snapped clubs. We've slammed them. We've really blown some rounds. But if you go into that round knowing, knowing you're going to hit bad shots, we don't want to, but it's inevitable almost. You're going to get bad lies. Like, play to that like have have fun with it if you get a bad light oh be happy it's a challenge you get a fried egg in the bunker how can i get this out you you mope and piss and moan your whole way up to that golf ball doesn't mean you're gonna hit any better so you might as well just have a good frame of mind and have fun while you're hitting shitty shots right yeah that's true i think it simply i like to tell people if, if they they struggle with like maybe the mental aspect of the game or just enjoying it is yeah. you don't have fun don't play right we're out there to have fun. Maybe yeah. golf's not for you if you're not having fun. But I mean, I, I think a lot of people should be having fun when they play. But um, it definitely is. If you want, if you're out there, we're out there. Just all like I always just try to remind myself, what do I play for? The enjoyment mm-hmm. of it, really. I mean, I play to be successful and be good. But if I don't put the time in on the side, and I know that I've been slacking with my practice, then I might. You know, I probably don't deserve to be as as whiny as I am, right? Don't don't complain if you know that you haven't been been putting the time in. So, go out and have fun and understand that you're not going to be unbelievably good if you don't practice, right? So, hundred percent, man. Yeah, that's hit the nail on the head, brother. I think that's what it comes down to: practice, patience, and just awareness of your individual situation. You know, is it is this you know, are you playing after work with the boys, just having a couple of beers, your little nine hole league, you know, go out there and be happy to hit your slice. And if you're not happy to hit that slice, hit one play of your slice, ones. play it yeah. into the middle. And then yeah. if you really want to be better, then, you know, talk to somebody like us. No doubt. All right, brother. That has been another great podcast, podcast 12. This has been teaching philosophy and just diving into your own game, having a fresh, clean perspective on what golf is. So real quick, brother, plug yourself, plug any social media or what you're working on. I'll do the same. We'll get out of here. Definitely. Um, Danny Christie golf. You can see it right there. I changed it and I did a lot of the uh, video because for some reason it wasn't there from last time. So Danny Christie golf on Instagram and TikTok. I hope to be getting more content out there soon, but I've got some good stuff on there already. And uh, it's the tipped out podcast on Instagram. I love that, man. So yeah. And if anyone's in the area, boy, Canton, York, Partridge Run Golf Course, make sure you hit your boy up, get a lesson. And uh, yeah, for me, man, it is balance underscore, balance underscore performance for the Instagram uh, TikTok, I think it's like BP Golf 710. And then the YouTube, you're on it. So once again, feel free to hit myself or Danny up for a free analyzation. Uh, if you guys are interested in any online instruction, go ahead and reach out and I can kind of give you the rundown how that works. Unlimited online instruction. Get with somebody. Doesn't have to be one of us. That's the biggest thing, man. As an instructor, have the confidence. I, I don't give, I don't care who you go to. I just want to see you guys play better golf. So if it's me, if it's Danny, if it's a dude down the street, whoever's giving you the best information, go to them, get your game right, and we will catch you podcast 13. One thing really quick, if you're watching on YouTube, if you like my shirt, 
Brandon and I have been in talks about um, maybe making some shirts of our own. So, uh, you know, if you're interested and we'll have some, I think we have some great design ideas. We would be love to be getting those out to you. Definitely. Yeah. So that's another thing too, guys, if you are watching this, if you're still with us, whether it's on uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, or if it's, you're lucky enough to be watching this on YouTube, uh, reach out to us with any questions, guys. We would love to talk to you guys a little bit more. Uh, we're going to try and do these podcasts more on a frequent basis. But with that, yeah, be on the lookout for the uh, the apparel to be coming out. And then it's going to be coming out on bpgolfinstruction.com. So that's the website. You guys can check out membership on there, a little bit about me, the background, and that's what it'll be. So you guys will be first to know. We'll definitely be doing some giveaways with the apparel once it comes out, definitely in the coming months. So stay tuned for that. Any other final words, Mr. Christie? No, we are signing off. Peace and love. Peace and love. Contraband got that dope. Sometimes I don't feel alright. New girl on my face, she said she nigga, but that's why I don't feel alright. Catch me in the good mood, I just might.